Oscar Bevis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. I'm here today in Miami. Not very sunny Miami today. I'm joined by Mr. Ludabella. How are you, sir? I'm well. And, and, and when you're in a New York that's 35 degrees, you'll take 70 and not sunny. It's okay. You've got to understand that as an Englishman, I'm coming over here with my shorts and I'm expecting beaming sun. Yeah, but and I, I'm I not getting it. I do understand, actually. I spent a lot of time in, in England. And, and by the way, you came over with your shorts. Be grateful it's not raining. Big fight week here in Miami. Um, we're going to come on to the whole card later on. But of course, first things first, Tevin Farmer, Jojo Diaz. Um, I spoke to Jojo earlier. It seems like there's been a little timeline of Jojo calling for the fight. Tevin spending his own money to go out and sort of confront Jojo in LA and the KSI Logan Paul event. We've got it. It's a really good fight for the fans. Um, yeah, just buzzing that we got it. You know what? Those two fighters deserve a lot of credit for the fact you're getting it. You know, Jojo called out the fight, wanted the fight. Tevin wanted the fight, and Tevin wanted it to mean something. And when Tevin started to realize that fans wanted to see the fight, Tevin wanted to make the fight. You know, when fighters want to fight each other, um, top guys in a division, then you got to give them credit. And I think, you know, Tevin has been looking for big fights. They just haven't been there. They haven't been there because certain guys fight on one network and other guys fight on another streaming service and another guys fight under another brand name. And it's very not so easy to make the biggest fights in this environment. But Jojo Diaz, being a guy that fights on DAZN with Golden Boy, Tevin's been fighting on DAZN. Um, they identified each other. Jojo wanted a title fight again. And Tevin wanted a name, a big name guy. And Jojo Diaz is really popular in LA, in California, with the Mexican American community. He's, he's a charismatic kid. Um, you know, when I've been frustrated the last week or two complaining about this fight not being built higher on the card, it's not because I'm negative about the card, it's just because I'm positive about this fight. And I think this is the best fight on this Miami fight night, Thursday night, January 30th, in Miami, on the Zone USA. And I, some, I guess Nice I'm bit of advertising right? and plug in there, sort of straight oh, in. Hey, hey, man, I'm a promoter. Yeah, you say about people being with different promotional companies, and as fans, we're so in the loop now, because you know companies like us are putting out videos of promoters saying about not being able to make yeah, this fight in TV we, networks. So with all due respect too, even journalists now are working for one streaming service, sort of, or, or one, one universe of boxing or another. So even now you're seeing fighters appearing more on certain networks, fighters appearing more in certain publications, and it, everything is making the environment sometimes more difficult or challenging to make the biggest fights. I think people are honestly trying to make big fights, but, but when you're trying to make them within your own little kingdom, it becomes more complicated, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, that is a completely fair point. And that's why I was going to say, with fans being so in the loop now, do you feel like that's but perhaps the, why people are calling for Tank? Shit about who the promoter is. Should no. fans, fans shouldn't even give a shit, honestly. If, if you're a boxing fan and you're going to get, if, if you're in England and you have Sky and you have, and you're going to watch whatever's on, um, whatever BT, BTE if you're here and, and, and you you know if you have the zone USA you probably have ESPN plus you certainly have ESPN and boxing fans watch good boxing does it really matter to the fan who's bringing it to you no you fans want to see the best product and I think everyone would be served by figuring out how to always deliver the best product I think the one thing I one of the things I have to say for this 
the zone show this Thursday night, this uh, Miami fight night, is there something for everybody? You know, Andre may not be your cup of tea, but he's super skilled. He's got a name, Luke Keeler's uh, aggressive, come forward guy, easy to like. It's easy to be a fan of Luke Keeler. Like, I want to see what he brings to, to even though I think he's going to have a big mountain to climb, I, I, I want to see if he can bring it to Andrade early. The, the YouTube people dig that YouTube stuff. That's not me, but hey, whatever floats your boat, you know? And then if you're a pure boxing fan that loves great boxing, the, the Farmer Diaz matchups are great clash of styles. It's a really good fight. The Danny Roman fight's a really good fight. You know, Amanda Serrano's on the card. She wins this fight and comes out of it unscathed. We could be looking at Katie Taylor in April. There's some big things on this card and big things this card leads to. So it's a good, fun card, and I want to see good, fun cards across the board. I also want to see the best fight the best, and we got to make it easier for the best to fight the best. When you talk about wanting to see good cards, no one's going to dispute that. We want to see good cards. Is there a lot to say about perhaps quality control in modern-day boxing? That yeah, there is we're a putting lot of it. money's going into perhaps the wrong yeah. place, and that we've seen yeah, quite mean, a lot of cards you, you, that you would call you stinkers. Don't need me to comment on that, but I will tell you that if you're going to make wise decisions about boxing, you have to understand boxing. I mean, I was a boxing programming executive on television for 11 of the best years I think HBO had during their reign as the worldwide kings of televised boxing. I think I was a big part of a period of time there that was the best programming HBO boxing did. Other people were a big part of it also, but I'll stake my my little part of it. And um, I think, you know, my whole of, uh, upcoming Hall of Fame induction has just as much to do with my legacy as a boxing programmer as, a, as it is as a promoter. So I know how to make good matches. TV networks, streaming services, you need quality control. Yeah, 100%, man, you need, you need, but you need to understand the business. In order to be able to control the quality of product, you gotta understand the product. And I'm not like taking a hit at anybody, but I mean, you know, it, it just seems that, that there's no excuse in my mind for, for, we're getting a lot of good product. And by the way, not just at one place. There's good product and we're getting good product intermittently all over the place. Okay, we've got last, the end of last year, I thought the zone had an incredible run at the end of the year uh, of tremendous product. My objection is, and it's across the board, there's too much dreck. I mean, why spending millions of, I don't need to see, this is not Dancing with the Stars. So I don't need to see some undefeated world-class fighter fight a no chancer. I don't care how much bottle the opponent has. If the opponent walks in with no reasonable chance other than a profound injury to the A-side to win, why are we being forced to watch that? And why do people think that's going to make us spend our money? As a promoter, I have to be part of making it all better. And as, a as someone that has a background in TV programming, I wish I was given an opportunity to work with one of these entities, these streaming services or networks to help the programming be more consistently the best against the best. And by the way, you don't only need the best against the best. Here's what you need. Not everybody's the best. Not everybody's the top 1%. You need evenly matched. Like there are some fighters out there that I don't want to see fighting Demetrius Andrade that I wouldn't mind see fighting another very courageous guy at their skill level. Boxing is the entertainment business. 
Arturo Gatti was one of the biggest stars I ever saw in my career. So was Mickey Ward in terms of fan love and fan appreciation. I mean, I'm talking about two American fighters, well, Canadian and Gatti, but two guys that were stars in America that had that great trilogy. Neither one of them was anywhere near a pound-for-pound -pound guy. But no one cared. They wanted to see a great fight. And too much of what we're seeing now, I don't want to see 24 rounds of boxing and be told how great it is when one guy wins every round in both fights. And that's just happened recently a bunch of times. It's not fun. I spoke to Jojo Diaz earlier and he said that he felt disrespected by the fact that that fight is placed well, he thought it would be a main event. I think many people agree with that. Not, and that it, aren't fighting, right? No. If you're the fighter, wouldn't you f sort of feel that way? I mean, if you're Tevin Farmer, your fifth defense, your biggest fight of your career against this ki a kid who was an Olympic kid, kind of kid, big amateur, big Mexican-American star, California kid, you know, West Coast kid, a star out there, and you're fighting the biggest fight of your career, both guys, and you're, you're, you're before a couple of YouTube guys. And then the main event is the fight that I, again, I'm not no disrespect for Luke. I'm a Luke Keeler fan, but what's Luke? A 50 to one underdog? I don't know the odds, but I'm gonna guess he's a huge underdog, right? And and the the two close the, the the fight that probably on paper is the most competitive, and and boxing fans you are embracing. You know, if you're the fighter yourself, you want to see yourself get promoted, and I think the two of them feel like. You know, they haven't been. It's why part of the reason why I've been banging the hammer, picking up their case, because my fighter, Tevin, isn't, you know, really believes that, that his fight should have commercials and, and be, you know, headlined and, and treated like a co-main event. And it's not. You know, but people have to make the decisions they think is best for their business. So I'm not criticizing anybody. It was out of our control, uh, the Bell Entertainment and Tevin. It was out of... Jojo Diaz's control how that fight was going to be promoted. Um, but it's still a great fight, and fans are still going to get to see it. And you still want people to pull down a DAZN app if they don't have it and get DAZN USA and tune into that fight. If you already have DAZN USA, don't miss this fight card Thursday night. Because if you're a real fight fan, you're going to want to, and you're going to want to tune in early because you don't, you don't want to miss the, Rome, the Danny Roman fight, and you don't want to miss Farmer and, and Diaz. And then, you know, and then you get to see Andrade and Keeler, and, you know, I don't know the other two guys. You, you, you could explain that to people, because I can't. Right, 10 minutes talking about uh, Miami Fight Night and quality control. I feel like we had a good little, good little conversation yeah, there, but I'm gonna, I <laughs> I'm gonna move it on quickly to Regis Prograde. Um, am I right in saying he has one fight left on a management contract with you? Um, I don't talk about it. Or is this spe speculation? No, that's, first of all, it's not speculation. I mean, it's, it, the, the contract has terms in it um, no, it's not correct to say, actually, he only has one fight left with me. There are other terms in the contract. And I don't, I don't see why, frankly, or that he is looking to do anything other than be with me. And I don't see you asking questions of Eddie Hearn all the time, or Bob Arum, or, or uh, Al Heyman about their contractual situations. But that's just an observation. No, that's... that's Fair observation. I mean, if I could ask Eddie Hearn about contractual observations, I would. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not in the position to interview him at the moment. You can't because you're somewhat financially dependent on on what goes on. And I mean, see, I don't want to get into being critical. But, but so you feel like this is coming back is, to what you were saying earlier? Come back to what I'm, taking, I'm in an yeah. anti-competitive environment, and anyone with a brain would see that. 
and I'm doing the best I can. And I, by the way, my fighters, I think a lot of them should really be considering how well I've done for them because I will do business with everyone. Because I'm not putting my fighters in some of the situation guys are in where they're with the platform and not getting the, the fights they want the most because they can't make deals across lines. You know what I mean? I, but at the same time, um, you, th you don't think it, it's really super difficult for me to survive when I don't have exclusivity where I have to turn my best fighter over to somebody to get a chance to have my fighter seen. See, that's why, like, I mean, I don't object. You're doing your job, but I, I don't see you asking Eddie Hearn those kind of questions. And don't ask them to me again, otherwise I won't do any more interviews. Right. Understood. I was actually going to say as well, I was going to praise the fact that, like you have done with Regis, you have had to go across lines. You have had to go across lines, and it's put him in a position now where he is a star in boxing. Um, people are saying that right, despite the loss to Josh right Taylor... Way. He needs to be paid the right way. And, you know, look, here's the problem. You go do a deal, and you do a deal. I do a deal with a Bob Arum. It's not just Eddie Hearn. I, go, I want to be on the zone. I do a deal with a, 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 an Eddie Hearn. I, I want to be on ESPN for my fighter because it's the best place, the, be, the best fight to be made. And I have to do a deal with Top Rank, or I have to do a deal with Eddie, and then I'm co-promoting them. But then they're deciding the money. They're deciding the opponents. I don't have any undercard slots. I'm not being paid the same respect a normal co-promoter would make. And I have to sit there and act like I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm in my late 50s. I, you know, I, my, my, to be quite frankly honest, I think I've proven everything I need to prove about myself in the business of boxing. And would you consider uh, that you'd still be getting fucked over then? Would it be easy to say it that way in times? Yeah, of course I'm getting fucked over. You know, but I'm not the only one. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pointing at myself like, like I'm being, you know, it's just me. You know, I, I think I might be in the United States at least the biggest promoter with the biggest stable and the most significant promoter at the moment who's getting fucked over. But it's not an open marketplace for any promoter unless you have a, a, a company. Right now, there are only three entities spending a lot of money in, in American boxing. The Zone USA, PBC, if you consider it an entity, and ESPN slash Top Rank. And pretty much you have to be able to do business with them to survive. But guess what? It's just not up to you. And there, you know, Sergey Derevinchenko fought a fight of the year with Triple G. Okay, I'm not going to tell you I have only one fight left with Regis because that wouldn't be true. Because I have rights that extend beyond that. If people want to put bullshit out there, they do it at their own, uh, you know. But by the way, I work really well with Pete Berg and with Sam Kutkowski and with Regis and his entire team. They know every step I'm taking and we're working together and I'm his promoter. Okay, but I'll point to Sergey Dervinchenko where he had the fight with Triple G. I thought he won the fight. It was the best fight I saw last year. It was an all-time great fight and I haven't had one offer yet from anybody in the entire universe from, from ESPN top rank to, to, to DAZN, to Eddie, to Golden Boy, to Al Heyman and PBC, not one offer has been made yet to Sergey for his next fight. Okay? So, you know, I mean, I, I, his manager has been a gentleman with me, and the kid has allowed me to, to, to attempt to get opportunities for him. He fought that fight, and there's not one offer for his services. I wonder how quickly that changes when it, if, it gets, if and when it gets announced that I couldn't deliver for him and he's going directly to somebody. That's not the way it's supposed to work. Particularly not for a guy that gave 30 guys years in the business and is going to the Hall of Fame. I wouldn't think that's how it's supposed to work. I think I proved already that I'm a good promoter and that I could produce a good show and in a good event and that I can attract talent. And I think the, the playing field should be fairer. And I do not, I'm not happy about the status quo. 
I mean, you ask direct questions and you're going to get answers. Because you know what? At this point in my life, um, I'm going to be honest. And I don't really give a shit what people think of me. I don't want, here's what I want people to do. I want people to think I work really hard and I do the best I can do to promote my fighters in the best way possible. I want people to think that of me. And I want people to think I'm a decent human being. But the rest of that, I don't give a shit. I don't care what people think of me. And if people don't like the fa fact I'm saying it's an unfair paying field and there's unfair competition, um, I don't care if they like it or not. Do you feel like boxing would be an easier business if everyone did come out and basically don't just say what you said to me? It would be better if, every, if, if, if a platform had a top guy as a quality control expert and was in a competitive marketplace where they only bought the best fights. The way HBO did it when I was there from 1989 till 2000, I can't speak for before or after. Don't you think that you're gonna get the best product? And that's common sense, and I'm not criticizing anybody. And by the way, I'm, this is not, there's no jealousy or anger with me toward Eddie or, Heyman took a lot of risk with his money and other people's money. You know, I, I didn't have other people's money and I didn't take risks with my own the way he did. Aram's been in this business for lo as, as long as I've been alive. And, and, and Eddie, if someone wants to give you a giant war chest of money and send you into a country that's not your own and tell you to go spend the money, you're going to do the deal. If someone offered me a gazillion dollars to go do fights in England. I don't have British fighters right now, but would I go and do it? Of course I would. So do I fault him for doing it? No. But do I say that it's all messed up? That, it, that it's not helping the industry as a whole? That it's not giving us the best product and it's making it harder to make the best fights and making it weirder when they do happen? Yeah, I'll say all of that and I'll be telling the truth. And anyone that tries to tell you that I'm not telling the truth, they're not, they're not telling the truth. Are people really asked about oh, what country these fights are now? I'm not. I'm, I'm really enjoying this. Are, you, are people actually asked anymore about where these fights are held? You talk about going into these weird countries and splashing money. Um, we hear Joshua Fury and we hear Saudi Arabia. That's a fight that yeah, we'd like to take place in Britain. Does anyone even care that much anymore? You know what? If Eddie's point is that I, they can get $100 million, God knows how much money out of Saudi Arabia, and that economically to maximize the money, he's got to do that, it makes perfect sense. But isn't it sort of sad? Yeah, uh, there he is. I just uh, here's here, here's one of the best pound for pound bo guys in boxing right here. There's a reason it's hard to make good fights and big fights for him because this man is a bitch to fight. Good to see you, both. Yes, yes. And truly, by the way, one of the most skilled guys in the business. Make sure we record I, this. You got to help me lose some of this, Gina. I'm gonna have to have you training me, baby. All right. So yeah, as we were saying, um, does anyone really care anymore about going into these countries and spending this money if it's going to provide the fights that we want? I don't know, man. Like, I don't really want to go. You know, I mean, I don't. Want, I mean, Aram just canceled the trip to China because of a virus. Okay, you could also cancel trips certain places because they murder journalists and do other things. It's all personal decisions. I mean, boxing is a business, but it's also a business that should have a long-term sort of view. How do you take a fight between the two potentially? Look, if Fury beats Joshua, it's fair to say you could make the argument, argument that you have two of the best three British heavyweights in history, the third being Lennox Lewis, who I would argue is number one. But, but you would have the two of the three best British heavyweights in history, and you're talking about the fight can't happen in the UK? Fuck me. What the fuck are we talking about? I mean, 
the two best guys in the history of the heavyweight, two, other than Lennox Lewis, the two best heavyweights in the history of Great Britain. And the fight can't happen in Great Britain? Of course it can happen in Great Britain. You know, if you want to milk it for every penny you can, then I'm sure you could find, you know, go to Saudi Arabia or the UAE or, or some other place. You could find some place. They'll pay an ungodly amount of money. Once they cure this virus, if they do in China, China's probably going to need to encourage people to get on airplanes again and go to China. Maybe they come up with a lot of money. I mean, who the hell knows? But is that, is that, is that the only consideration? I mean, how about the long-term health of British boxing? Wouldn't 100,000 people in a soccer stadium you know, with the entire country sitting around partying at once, watching the two greatest British heavyweights other than Lennox Lewis ever battle it out, if indeed Fury beats Wilder, which I'm not convinced of. But, it, but if that, that happens, to say that you're never... But you know what? Eddie's probably right in the sense that if his fighters, he promotes those guys, and if both of them... If he promotes, well, one of them. He promotes Joshua. Joshua says, get me the most money. And he meets with Bob Arum, and Bob Arum still has Fury in they're saying, we need the most money. Then it's going to go to Saudi Arabia or some other place. But how perverse is that? And how sad is that? How sad is that? Would that happen in any other sport? Would American football do the Super Bowl in Saudi Arabia? I think not. I don't think the Premier League Championship is going to take place in Crimea. Correct me if I'm wrong. For those who are you know, unsure. Boxing's a fucking trip. This is why people like, you know, a lot of people, it's, it's such a wild, wild west, to use an American analogy, but such a, a red light district and, and, and a, just a strange, lawless insanity of a sport. I mean, it, there's great beauty to it, but it's, as a business, it's insane. I mean, it, it, a lot of people are in, find that intriguing and find it interesting, but if you really look at the industry, a lot of it, there's nobody there's nobody with a long-term view in a, in a position of authority, you know, worldwide, with a long-term view for the health of the sport. There just isn't. It's all about the most, you know, winning right now, the most money, the, you know, it's immediate. It's all immediate gratification. So what effect does this short-term mindset have on the future of boxing? I don't know. I'm probably not going to be around when it, when it all sorts out. I mean, I'm not, I mean, you know, that doesn't mean I have any intention to leave soon. But believe me when I say this, I'm not Don King or, or Bob Arum. And, and um, I'll be long gone before I'm a senior, you know, before I'm 70 years old. All right, Lou, one more thing. Wilder Fury, are you still working with Deontay? I've answered that question a gazillion times before. I know. I, everyone knows I'm not working with Deontay, and I haven't been shy about it. Uh, my relationship professionally as a, a promoter for Deontay and working with his team ended when I set up the DAZN meeting, which is also perverse. What did I do? I tried to talk to everyone in the marketplace and make a best effort to make the most money for a guy that I cared about and I worked with. Isn't that what I'm supposed to do? And, but you know what? I mean, he, I had a decent run with Deontay. I have nothing bad to say about him. I wish him and his family well. If I see him, I'll, I'll say hi. I don't think he has a bad word to say about me. And, and we'll keep it that way. Behind the politics, how does Wilder and Fury play out? Same way you know it plays out, and, and Coogan Cassius, who's sitting across on the other fucking couch over here, knows it plays out. If it goes a distance, Fury wins. If it doesn't, Wilder wins. And um, it's literally a pretty much an even bet as to which way that would go if you're a betting man. Being a betting man, the fact that, that, the fact that Deontay could be down 10 rounds to nil and have a good 
two or three punch combination that can still end the fight immediately makes him, in my mind, the guy I'd be more inclined to bet my money on. Um, but I have no illusions about the brilliance of, uh, of Tyson Fury's boxing abilities. And, and, and um, Deontay is the hardest puncher, including Mike Tyson, that I've seen in my lifetime in the heavyweight division. Um, it's a classic matchup of boxer versus puncher. Um, it's a great fight. It's a 50-50 fight, and it's why we all want to see it. All right, Lou, I can imagine you're tired after that. Are you, are you feeling good? You know, i got to be honest with you, too. It's getting, these interviews are getting more tiring, tiring now that I don't give a shit and I just tell the truth. Or is it because I'm on the other end of the microphone? No, the only fucking thing I objected to is you asking a question that I know damn well you wouldn't have asked to many other rival promoters. But other than that, um, i got no problem with you. I would do another interview. But if you ask another question like that, I'll walk away. It was about whether or not I had one fight left, only one fight left with Progray. Because he wouldn't. And because he, you were on my contract. I mean, the fact that somebody else is saying that. By the way, it's just simply not true because there are rights in contracts that extend beyond numbers of fights, like a matching right. You know, if someone makes a long-term deal, I have a right to match it. My contract's not over if I match. Right now, with three competing services, let me tell you something. Here's the thing about the non-competitive environment we're in. All of a sudden, get one offer, and then everybody's interested. But they all sit back and try to drum... I mean, it's truly an anti-competitive environment for anybody that in the U.S. I'm talking about my market particularly, but anyone in the U.S. that doesn't have a piece of that pie that's only cut in three, the pie that goes the PBC, ESPN, the Zone. Okay, I have, I have to grab crumbs. No one's giving me even a piece of the pie, even if I have the talent, and that's fucking frustrating if you're as good as I am. Lou, thank you for giving me some of your time. Um, thank you for giving me some of your time. I'm not sure I can say much else, but thank you. Um, I would say it's a pleasure. <laughs> but you know what, man? But like, I'm not sure it is. Your job, I'm, you're doing your job, I'm doing mine. And, and, um, and I really feel that I'm in a situation right now that, uh, that what it is is what it is. I mean, the marketplace is what it is. And, and, and I'm not, you know, I may be saying certain things, but it's not that people that know don't know. They know. I mean, the people who understand the business know. To a large extent, I think I'm hoping a lot of what I said in this interview resonates with some of the fans. Because I would hope that the only main consideration a fan has is seeing the best product he or she can see. I think fans want to see the best boxing they can see. But when I'm seeing millions of dollars being spent on some of the, on some of the stuff it's being spent on, I just, my, 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 I, I'm, I'm aghast. You know, if you're going to spend a lot of money, get the quality. And if you're asking people to pay for it, give them the best you can give them. You know, and a lot of that has happened. I mean, we saw some great stuff at the end of last year, particularly on the zone. Um, I don't care how many buys. I'm not sitting there making prognostications about pay-per-view buys. Why the fuck is that my business? But Wilder and Fury are two of the three best guys. And in my mind right now, not even two of the three best guys. They are one and two. And one and two are fighting to determine who's won. And anybody in boxing who doesn't like that or who cares about how it's being promoted isn't a real fan, you know? And we need more Wilder Furies at every weight class. And we need fewer fights that people don't want to see. And that's why also it shouldn't be hard to make a, fan, a fight like Regis Progray against Maurice Hooker. Because when 
No offense to Ramirez, but he's fighting two mandatories that most fans don't particularly want to see. They shouldn't. Fans wouldn't have matched those two fights that way. Fans wouldn't be matching Josh Taylor against a guy from Thailand whose name I does I don't know. No disrespect to the fighter. He may be a very good fighter. I've never seen him. I don't know him. I know that I'm not screaming for that fight, and I doubt most people in Scotland are. And yet we're going to see those fights. Instead of, I mean... Watch those fights because they're going to be up. They're going to be offered to you. And if you subscribe to everybody, you're a fight fan, you're going to get them. But I'd rather see fucking Pro Gray against Maurice Hooker and still with every fucking fan with eyeballs. You know? But I say that and everyone's like, oh, Lou's just, you know, Lou's salty. Lou's salty. I'm fucking salty. I'm a fan. I've been doing this on both sides of the, the, the business for years and years, man. I was a very good television programmer in this industry, and I'm a very good promoter. And even people that don't like me would admit those two things. So when I'm saying this, I'm saying this because I do care about the sport. And I don't want to be in it forever. I, I really don't. I, I, I wanna, I'm not the kind of guy I take things too personally. I'm an emotional guy. I, I'm the way I am. If I, if, in all likelihood, I won't make it to Aaron King's age if I try to do it. I won't make it to Barry Hearn's age if I try to, 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 to stay in this the rest of my life. But I would like to exit this when I want and I'm ready, and I'd like to exit this feeling like the sport I love is in good shape. And I don't, despite all the money being spent right now, I don't truly feel like the sport I love is in such great shape. Gold Star Promotions is proud to present Floyd Money Mayweather. The man himself is coming to the UK for his UK tour. February and March 2020. For all info and tickets, Gold Star Promotions, the host of the game.